In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Well, hello and back. Welcome back to the Quality Matters podcast. Uh, brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. I am Kyle Chambers, and we have a, another guest on our podcast today. So, Damien, go ahead and say hi. And you and I kind of met in a uh, little different uh, manner here, but I've been really kind of impressed with the, your experience and insight. So, give us a quick introduction to yourself here. All right. Hey, guys. I am uh, Damien Gangu. Um, been doing uh, quality management, quality related uh, uh, in the field for approximately 12 years. Um, uh, quality uh, auditor, uh, implementer, uh, engineer, uh, worked in a lot of different industries, oil and gas, uh, aerospace, uh, automotive. So... And that's kind of what I found interesting. You've got quite the uh, interesting background here and wide variety of experience. You know, I, I joke a lot of times that I've never met anyone that actually set out with the intent of being in quality, but you've kind of wound up there in a variety of uh, circumstances. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, in the beginning, uh, after I finished school, uh, one of the things I decided to do is go into a trade. Um you know, so I pursued welding. Um, I actually wanted to do uh, inspection and advanced mm -hmm. inspections. Um, pretty fascinated about the process and, you know, uh, what they do. Um, but I figured in order for me to go in there, I need to understand a little bit more of what I'm inspecting. Right. Go um, figure. Yeah. You know, looked, at, <laughs> looked at some of the college classes and so forth in, in the early stages. And I figured oh, it may not be the right approach. Wait, at least at that stage. Me colleges don't have tons of courses on welding and inspection and all the real world stuff that we have to do every day. <laughs> yeah, very minimal, right? <laughs> very, Never very heard minimal. Such a thing. Never heard that you before. Know. So, so I went into that field, um, uh, did welding for a while, I think two or three years, and cool. I got in uh, doing more and more the, the regular inspections. Uh, started doing uh, advanced inspections. Uh, this was back in the day when digital radiography was just, you know, coming in onto the oh, scene, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. And they didn't trust the the the, the radio the digital radiography. They <laughs> they, they leaned more on the ultrasonic inspections. Yep. yep. Um, so we we worked a lot with a lot of um, uh, companies to try to proof up those. Um, you know, so that kept me busy for a while. Um, and during my journey there, uh, being able to go to these different facilities and, and plants and so forth um, is where I uh, kind of saw that there was that big gap where, yeah. yes, we provide them the data, but what do they do with the data, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, I started branching off. So many folks just want, all they want is just pass fail. And it's not always that clear cut. It's like, well, 
yeah, it failed, but we don't have to scrap everything. I mean, right. if we've got some repair specs and we got someone with a little bit of a level head, we can save a ton of cost here, save a yeah. ton of time. But, you know, I, I uh, have a, not the same, but somewhat similar background. Um, mine started in IT. That's what I went to school for, for management information yeah. systems. Yeah. And so I wound up spending a few months where I was running our inspection bay at a uh, previous company. And same thing, we were doing all of the uh, the ultrasonic inspection, the uh, liquid penetrant. I didn't get in much in the radiography, but I've seen some really cool stuff that folks do there. But it was the same thing. We, we'd hand, you know, the inspection report over. They're like, uh, well, which ones are bad? I'm like, right. there's so much more here than that. Right. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I, for example, you know, just going back um, to my one of my earlier experiences, I, I, I came up. Um, I think it's, it's it's the interest, right, of the individual and, and and where they see themselves in the long term. You know, sure. um, the I remember when I first started off in radiography, um, and I was training uh, my my level two. Yep. You know, he sent me up on a, a tower. It's, looked like 150 foot high at that time <laughs> but he sent me up there with all my gear you know all mm -hmm. the, the the source the, the shit cranks film yep. and everything um shoot a one weld yeah he said, if, if if you don't get this right you're gonna have to climb all the way back up and do it again <laughs> that's you the motivation know? there so you know <laughs> he, he asked a couple guys you know they, they took it in a negative way but yeah. it is the perspective you look at it right mm -hmm. uh, I got up there. I did it. I processed my own film. Um, they, he That's actually really had cool. me site develop, you know, That's which cool. was a challenge in itself, you know, so site developed it. Everything looked good. Um, later on, I asked him, you know, why do you, you know, why, why didn't you give me one that's on the ground? We have, you know, a yeah. shot list of 50 of them on the ground. So his response was, if I gave you the hardest one, I knew you would take your time and you would get it done and you would do it <laughs> right. Cause you don't want to go back up there. Yep. You know, so. Yep. 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 But um, you, you know, know but there's uh, a lot of truth to that, and I think, I mean, that that's something that's just kind of good to ponder on. Is so many folks try to find the the easiest path from point A to point B, and then they never can understand why they they couldn't quite get to point B or why they couldn't move to the next step beyond it. But yeah. when you take intentionally take a hard road to get where you're going you learn so much more about yourself about the operation like you really come to learn and appreciate it more um than just taking the easiest point from a to b that may mean you your your path may end at step b and like you say where are you looking to go at life and yeah, yeah taking the the hard road is uh sucks but it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> you know i i again i opt out of spending the the you know, tens of thousands of dollars of going to college first until I knew, you know, got my feet wet. Yep. Um, and, and it proved from in my in my um, instance to to be a, a right decision. I got mm -hmm. to be involved with some of the the, the older heads, the guys that's yep. been doing it for a while. Um, got you know got exposed to a lot of different things where I would only be exposed to it three or yeah. four years after I got my degree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and well, I you think know, that's that, something my wife and I talk about with uh, with our boys. We've got 13 year old. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's going to be starting high school next year. We're not trying to map out his life for him. Right. But one of the things that I insist on is like, OK, the first couple of years, community college, let's face it, three quarters of the classes are the same wherever you go. 
Um, hopefully he can knock along those out in high school. But, you know, one thing we're insistent on is you're going to learn a trade and you're going to get a certification. I don't care if it's coding or welding or whatever it is, but you're going to do something and you're going to work somewhere. And I told him, I said, I don't care if you make a minimum wage, you're going to pay attention to where the materials are received where they ship it out when your manager corrects you what's his thought process on telling you to do it that way and not that way you know just really understand and dissect this stuff yeah and it 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 just helps it again in my instance it helped me Mm -hmm. um to apply it a little bit more and understand those concepts right when you go into school and if you decide to go in in an engineering field and so forth so what you want to get your degree in Sorry. So what'd you wind up going to school for? Uh, mechanical and industrial engineering. Okay. Um, and science. a lot of places, but gives you a better idea of what this stuff is. So a lot of, a uh, lot of um, exposure again, and that helped me connect with a lot of uh, SMEs in the field mm-hmm. um, in this space. Um, again, because of that welding path, I took, um, I did a lot of publications, um, one of them being uh, one in the uh, American Welding Journal, mm-hmm. um, where I did a presentation there um, for our Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey chapter. That's pretty cool. Uh, and kind of showed them, you know, utilizing some of these methods and how it can be useful, um, you know, with with some of the applications that that, that we can uh, apply to. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, um, you know, how. Ha- so you went and kind of got the real world experience in welding, went to school for mechanical industrial engineering. Seems pretty, pretty common. But uh, what was your next step after uh, after college? So after college, kind of continued on the same path because now I had a broader, more robust understanding of the, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I decided to go more into focus more into the quality Um lean management, uh, you know, uh, Six Sigma type um, mm-hmm. roles, um, because it's something that 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 intrigued me, because I get to, you know, being in a quality role, you over you kind of see or have your hands in every single yep. department, right? Yep. And it was very unique, you know, um, that to experience that because in different organizations, they function so differently. And um, being exposed to that, you get some ideas of how to do things or improve on things that you thought you were doing right. Yeah. First. Yeah. Wait, um, so this continual improvement thing, like, really is a real thing. It's not just something yeah, we slap together 10 minutes before the management review, right? Right. <laughs> you know, um, then even with uh, doing audits, um, you know, doing uh, audits even internationally and, you know, throughout the U.S., it exposed me to even more. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I think some of those applications helped me a lot more where, yes, the degree is great. It's good to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much different, so, so much other different career paths where you can lead to without even, you know, believe it or not, needing or, or having. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I spoke to someone just this morning, um, you know, an educator. And uh, one of the main problems that they're having uh, right now is, yes, there's, there's students that's enrolling in the programs, but before they even complete the programs, the oil and gas sectors, they're kind of pulling them in. Yeah. 
um, you know, without even completing their degrees um, yeah. online. If you look at some of the jobs, uh, the, the, the jobs, they're kind of dwindling it down where some, you know, five years ago, it's mandatory. You have to have a mm-hmm. degree. Yep. Now it's they'll take a degree and or experience uh, with. It, right. So long story short, it comes down to how competent are you to perform that task? Yeah, heard that before. <laughs> you know, right? it's funny how we've kind of gone. We've not quite gone 180, but you know, yeah, we've gone you know, pretty far around there. So we're pretty <clears> close <throat> to to that. Uh, hey, you know, sign this training record, please. Yeah, Do you know, training. When I was in, uh, you know, going in junior high and high school, like it's all you heard is if you don't have a degree, you can't get a job. Yeah. And so I'm not devaluing what a college degree is or does. Right. Um, you know, I guess kind of sort of use mine. We've got a, 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 a tech half of the company. We've got a service half of the company. So the management information systems is helpful there. But I'll be honest with you, all the coding classes I took, I'd already done this stuff in high school. So I can't say that I learned a whole lot there. Um, but the, the, the couple of management classes I had, one on like uh, quantitative analysis, you know, the micro macroeconomics, those were actually somewhat helpful. But um, all in all, the the degree itself is kind of like, eh, I don't know. It's it, it's it's kind of like you said. It's okay. We can have a degree, which shows dedication to uh, to completing a task, which yeah. is unfortunately at all folks don't have that dedication, um, or you know, an equivalent uh, experience in an area. And I guess if you can compare if you can pair those two together with, like you say, the uh, online class option, yeah, you really can set yourself ahead. Like, like even the ASME calculations and so forth. Yes, you, that, that's an example where, yes, your degree would help you because you're understanding yep. how to do calculations and, and interpreting and deciphering formulas and so forth. When, yep. when you're calculating lifetime expectancies, right. um, you know, I've, I've, I've been around both, both realms. I've been around yep. people that's been doing this for 30 years mm-hmm. and they, they can give, give you figures pretty close using a pen and a piece of paper, (laughs) you know? Um, And then I've been where, you know, Excel spreadsheet, plug the numbers in, you know, get it right. Yep. Um, You know, so it's, it's, it's just a matter of the field. And and there is, um, like I said, value in Mm -hmm. in your college education. Um, It's just when you need it, what field you're in. You know, I where, agree. where you're going in and what level you intend to go in. And no, I uh, agree. <clears throat> and I think that the path you took, I really like, and I would really kind of encourage anyone to uh, try to do, I guess, in a kind of roundabout, pretty stupid way. Yeah. I did something similar. My stupid way was keep taking college classes to stay enrolled so I didn't have to start paying back the loans that I stupidly took out. Uh, But I did the same thing. I went and got in the workforce. I I learned how to actually do something. Um, But it was uh, five years after I took a job as a network administrator that I actually got my degree. Right. (laughs) So like I said, I had a very stupid, clunky path to get there, but the same idea. Go experience the real world. Yeah. Then decide what you want to do. But, yeah. you know, I, you get a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, insight into this than, than I would. So what's the hindrance there? Why aren't folks willing to to go work in a field and, and learn a trade and, and learn a skill and then go seek the college education? What's what's so much the push that we just have to ramrod it straight through and define the next 50 years of our life 
right away? I think it's, I think it's influence. Um, just, you know, we still have the voice in our ears, you know, hey, college, college, college first. And yep. you can't make, you know, do well in college or there's different trades that colleges don't offer those programs. Then you fall back on something, you know, right. like that. I think more and more the way that um, the world is shaping is that you have everything at your fingertips, right? Yeah. Um, and and a lot of people are, 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 are starting to um, use that to their advantage, right? Uh, and, and and see the value, yeah. right? Um, because I, I've had plenty, um, you know, friends that did that, did, did the college. And then after college, they decided, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. This looks interesting, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and they, they just had to either go back to school or take extra uh-huh. classes. And here, here you are in $60,000 debt. I know. I know. You know, um, and then have to take out more loans. I know. Um, you know, so I, I went through mine, uh, I would say, kind of debt-free because that's one of the things I wanted to do. So smart man. I had the opportunity. I studied internationally um, where they had programs that, that met, met curriculum and criteria and so forth. But it was cost effective for me where I could yep. be able to work, get the experience and then be able to apply them real time, yep. you know, simultaneously, simultaneously. Um, that helped Very me. Smart way to do it. Hey, uh, anyone listening here who's got some kids in high school or early in college, this is the example. This is the way we need to do it. Let's go <laughs> debt free. Let's work and learn at the same time. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like I, I've been in uh, several uh, quality management uh, roles as a manager for various sizes companies from five yeah. to I would say you know close to four hundred. Yeah. Um, every organization uh, has its obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked in organizations where you know fifty people uh, managing fifty people. It's actually was uh, a lot harder than managing ten people. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Or a lot easier, sorry. Than yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it is. Once, well, once you get to a certain scale, and this is the whole point of management systems, is when yeah. you get to a certain scale, people simply know what to do and how to interact. And the more people you can add to an organization, the more specialized you can get their tasks. You know, we all hear the uh, the joke about, well, wearing so many hats in a small business. Well, okay, one hand that means we've got you know lower payroll costs and more people that can do things and there's benefits there but it's also that task switching is is horrible it's absolutely horrible that that level of task switching necessary so you know you talk about that 50 uh, person group that's really about the uh the largest that really any individual manager can can maintain yeah. but there's a lot of efficiencies that can be built in. Now, once you exceed that level, a funny thing happens. Right. No one knows what anyone else is doing, and we're no longer treating people like people. Yeah. Now, you know, another good point to kind of put out there, it doing it this approach, right, it's another thing to consider, too. It's the mentality of that individual, right? Yeah. That individual needs to look at, for example, like you said, hey, you know, there's 50 different hats or 10 different hats, right? Mm -hmm. Look at those scenarios as positives where everyone looks at it as a negative. Okay, I may not be getting paid as much or I'm doing three times as much work, but see the 
the, the value in the long run. Guess what? It's, gonna, it's giving me an opportunity to learn about other different things, whereas I may not have this opportunity had nope. I been in a, in, in a different organization or situation, right? Nope. And then you Amen learn to that. You take that and you continue to kind of build on that. You know, nope. Amen whether, to that. It's, whether it's courses online, whether it's college courses, you know, things to get you to the point where you want to be. You know, um, I, I don't think I've reached <laughs> fully where I where I want to be yet. Um, yep. I've had some very uh, strange projects, very interesting projects, <laughs> you know, internationally, you know, yep. here in the U.S. Seen some, you know, stuff that a lot of people hasn't seen before mm-hmm. or, or, or didn't think twice about. Um you know, I like auditing. Auditing gives me that opportunity, like I said, it's to fun. understand and dig yep. into to, to organizations, see how they do it. Yep. Yes, you can't consult, but you can see how you they apply. So much. It, it blows my mind how many intricate little details change between the ways two organizations solve the exact same problem. Yep. I mean, it just blows my Very mind. Right. And it, it's so cool how much creativity is at play here when when you talk about iso 9001 or api or any of this other stuff no one it doesn't spark to anyone's mind we need a really creative person there we need someone with an open mind no you, you think that these are regimented you know we need that that dull technical writer with the yeah. glasses pushing up and you know we, we, that's what we need right you know we need someone that's just sitting down on the books every day but no you really need someone with a creative spark to do this stuff yes um, definitely, um, I would, I would hundred percent agree with you. I've been in situations where it was, Hey, buy the book, let's just get us through and that's it. And then I've been in situations where I had, you know, mentors that, that was over me that saw that the same vision, yeah. you know, the same crazy kind of thinking and concept <laughs> that look, give him, let him explore those opportunities, yep. those avenues. And and be creative in those roles. You know, what I'm hearing here is we need to have a long term vision. We need to understand that work and learning go hand in hand with each other. And there's a value and leaders and mentors that will guide people, but also let them run a little bit free. Funny. (laughs) These seem like old ideas, but, uh, you know, I I guess they have to be renewed every once in a while. Right. Um, You know, even some of my more of my uh, uh, upper management roles and so forth, you know, like, um, okay. When I, when I, for example, looking at P and L's and budgets and managing those things on the business side, I don't have a business degree. I mean, I know how to count, right. right? But (laughs) it's, it's, you know, understanding where the organization is, gives you a good idea. Having good mentors. It's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. another, uh, it, it, um, big plus positive environment. Um, you know, people are willing to sit down, take the time, under, you know, explain things to you. Um, well, this is something that I know you're yeah. fairly passionate about, and this is how you and I came about uh, getting introduced to one another. Now, without going into any details, because nothing's finalized, and you know, we don't want to give away anything too uh, too specific here. But this is something that you're you're working on is trying to find opportunities to teach and train and educate folks mentor them along the way and give them some opportunities so 
share a little bit there again without any specifics because all the, the paperwork's not been signed yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking at, you know, um, presenting those opportunities. I think there, there's a lot of misconception uh, in, within our, you know, industry as, as a whole of mm-hmm. path, paths that may confuse a lot of people that don't have that understanding. They may have yeah. a basic understanding of it um, or may maybe you know, new to it, yeah. but it's so confusing because me stepping back and looking at it, um, you know, different program offerings and, and things that's out there, it's very confusing for some, you know, yep. um, when really it's very, it's a basic uh, thing, right? Yeah. It's here's, it's no different. Here's a, here's, here's how a you standard. read the technical docs. Here's how you read the standards. Yeah. You know, here's how interpreting you do. a standard is the hardest thing. It is. And there's a lot of ways to do it. And doesn't mean one's necessarily right or the other, but no. create a defensible argument for yourself. Yeah. You know, um, and, and build that confidence in, in them. Um, I think in some cases I've seen some of the, the, the best uh, uh, quality managers or inspectors came out of not even being in this field and, and, yeah. and going into it because it's the perspective that they have coming into it. You know, yep. they see yep. things outside the box. Yep. Right. Um, the same reason why certain companies, they kind of, you know, hire external auditors yeah. to do internal audits. It is. Things. You get a very different perspective. You yeah. know, I just uh, 30 minutes before we hopped on uh, on here to record, I was having a conversation with the company that we did the external audit for. Well, I say external audit. We did a second party internal audit. Mm-hmm. which is a whole other thing we could have a whole episode on. <laughs> um, and that was exactly what he was saying. He's like, Kyle, this audit was fantastic. Y'all found so many things that we had never really paid attention to. And he said, you know, we've always done our own internal, internal audits before. So I guess first party internal audit. And he's like, he said, you know, honestly, Kyle, I always kind of thought it, but this proved it. It was kind of a bullcrap approach to auditing. We don't really dig deep into anything. And you don't, you know, you're not going to creep more work for yourself right like y'all did a good job (laughs) yeah and and you know it's bridging that gap right Mm -hmm. um you know that 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 age you know in the 20s to 30 40 year plus uh olds um that want to jump into something new Mm -hmm. or you know professionals that's been in the industry for a little while that, that, that that we can kind of bridge that gap between the the technical application and the practical application to it yeah and so, you know, some of the things that uh, I know you're working on and, you know, stop me if I'm, I'm sharing any uh, too many details here. But, you know, you're looking at helping to put together some courses for um, like community colleges where average folks can attend and go and not break the bank and do it debt free and do it the smart way and do it while they work um, for some of these fundamental skills that folks need for for management for quality, for auditing. And it blows my mind that this isn't a thing already. Well, I think uh, a lot of it with the, with the uh, institutions, um, it's, it's governed by how much they have on their curriculum, right. To do. Um, uh, There's, there's still some technical things that we're working through there um, to get it to that point. Um, but it gives the opportunity for com- community involvement as well. Yep. Um, you know, it, it takes someone that's dedicate, dedicated 
to look at the overall, you know, within the area, the county, where they where they uh, resided, um, yes. and see the potential growth it. there. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, where is the growth? Where is the demand? Um, I've I've had actually it was at the. It's funny. I took my daughter to the park the other day, and uh, there's a a, a, a guy there. Um, so we were talking, and his, he said his son, um, his son is going to high school. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, so what is he going to do afterwards? Um, oh, he doesn't know yet. Yeah. So his son actually happened to be there. I'm like, hey, what are you going to do for high school? Um, after yeah. high school, oh, I don't know yet. The high school, everyone is just trained. All they train you to do is basically work in a power plant or in a you know oil facility. And yeah. and I sat back and I thought about it, and I started doing a little bit more research on it. I'm like, yeah, it's depending on where you live, it's focused to that, right? And not to where, hey, where can I be more creative, more effective yeah. where I am? And, 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 you know, and it's to, to stir that up, like the 9001, for example. Mm-hmm. Not only, you know, all companies, the surface companies use it, 9001, it's, it's, it's a global standard that, you know, different. If you understand 9001, you understand how to interpret it, you know, a variety of ways it can be implemented. It opens the door for darn near everything else. And this is something you and I have had fun talking about before. It's like from reading the CFRs for, um, you know, food safety and drugs and pharmaceuticals to safety standards. Like it just opens the door for so much more. But, you know, I asked someone a while back, I said, when I say ISO 9001, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? And he said, my pillow. I'm like, your pillow? He said, yeah, because it puts me to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And it shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be this way. Um, There's there's some more um, things, um, you know, that we're we're looking at um, in the different areas, like environmental quality. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not only doing the classes, but bring in, couple people do a small seminar with um, representatives from Texas Environmental Quality. Talk yeah. about what you guys do, what what you guys require. Yeah. What, you know, what are some of the things that you guys would want to see and expect from not only an individual, but an organization? So I you agree. understand what, what, what you're looking at. EPA, this is yep. the same thing. You know. Well, I was talking to someone else. Um, I think this podcast probably, um, we're pre-recording a few of these. So this one's probably going to air a week before ours. Let's time out well. Um, and he was talking about how, you know, the external audit, you know, you got to recognize that they're, even that external auditor who's there leaving findings and grilling you and trying to find every problem he can. They're really on your side. What they're doing is a good service to you. So don't see it so much as this battle that we've got to fight the findings with them. And it's somewhat similar. It has to be approached differently. Because, yeah. But with someone like TCEQ or OSHA or, or whatever the other case is, or EPA if you're outside of Texas, Texas has its own Texas Commission yeah. on Environmental Quality. Yeah. Um, effectively, EPA plus, 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 plus. <laughs> I don't think most folks realize that outside of some of the bonkers um, environmental regulations in California, Texas is probably the toughest in the nation. Yep. In any case, little rabbit trail will go down there. But um, 
these folks as well, it needs to be a good, useful back and forth relationship. This shouldn't be such a tough adversarial, you know, one of us has to win type relationship. And so right. I think opportunities like that would be fantastic. Yeah, let's have someone from the EPA come in that does this work, that leaves these findings for these companies. And let's talk to them like they're, I don't know, a person? Yeah, yeah. You know, go down that approach and, and you know, understand, you know, um, you know, part of that auditor, auditor training, it, it's not only it is uh, even with the steps of becoming, you know, you have to understand what mm -hmm. what you're auditing, you know, yeah. how you're auditing. And, yeah. and, and again, I'm going to say that again, it's it's it heavily depends on the mentality or the approach of the individual that's doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. How do you see those? Right. Yes, I've been in situations as well. I had a lot of company pressure, no findings, or we don't want to yeah. do this. Where I hate that no finding is being the goal. Know, if when when I see an audit, and I, and I it took me a while. Some organizations they they're so different, but it took me a while to persuade some of the tougher ones. Yes, we want findings. Yes, if we don't have findings, there's something wrong with our yes. process. Yes, either right? you are the world's greatest bullshitter, which isn't good in the yeah. long run. Or you've right. got a crappy auditor. That's really right. what it's going to boil down to. You know, um, you know. So, you know, one one company. You know, I've, I've, it just as you said that, it distinctly reminded me. And now, <laughs> it's it's they've taken that approach, and by doing that and embracing it rather than deflecting it, right? They were able to look at things they weren't looking at before, streamline their process, maximize efficiency. Yep. Um, and minimize defects. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you know, these are things where, you, you know, you can, you can do this in a practical way. Yeah. And, yep. and, uh, you know, once you understand the basic concepts and basic concepts, for example, I know we were talking about auditing, but you know, if you're getting into the non-destructive field and, and, and manufacturing, understand, understand the fundamentals, the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the standards and how it's applying to that particular process. Yeah, you know. no, absolutely. You know, when we engage in consultation projects, the first one of, I would say the first thing, it's not the absolute first task, but one of the first tasks in that first week is we send one of our team members out there just to shadow folks in the company. Our goal is to learn as much about the ins and outs from the floor as we possibly can. If we can get someone that is not the manager to shadow us around, even stinking better yeah. because the manager knows how it should be done but that doesn't mean it's how it's getting done yeah i mean there's there's some facilities i walk in sometimes you know doing audits and you get the kind of sense of yeah you know mm -hmm. maybe you can almost smell it yeah right and then certain documents right you look at hey management review for example okay let's look yeah. at that let's look at how you know that's that's looking and that gives me a good sense of where the organization is yep but speaking to the guy that's on the floor directly on the floor and you know getting some of their advice or their um responses kind of tell you a lot more it does where those are i mean I've, I've, I've had you know auditors that tell me hey and i've seen it even through auditing is you know some of your most common areas for for non-performances calibration training yeah. records yeah right um you know which but is always the low-hanging fruit it's it's the low-hanging I mean, it is you know 
Um, but I, I like to kind of leave them with some value there, you yeah. know, and, and being able to have that additional experience, you know, helps me, help me kind of do that and, and not consult with them, but, you know, yeah. make them understand why it's that way. Uh, exactly. Some of them have tried to difference in explaining why this clause matters versus right. telling them how to implement it. Right. There's a very clear line between the two. Yeah. But uh, so I got one more idea I want to kind of post you and get your, your feedback on. So we already see how there's kind of a gap between college education, trade schools, but then actual some level of implementation in between, which is that was something you're, you're working real hard to help fill that gap. But another gap that I see, and this is coming from me, I am by nature an ardent introvert. Um, doing this stuff, doing the sales calls, talking to folks, it's totally a learned skill, not my nature. Um, I'm a computer geek. That's me, right? Okay. So with that said, um, we see, you know, you've got lots of very business-focused, um, technically-focused skills. And then you've got these other coaches out here who are, you know, the EQ-type folks and interpersonal and understanding people's feelings. But it's like, that seems almost detached from the reality. It seems like there's another gap here as well. We did a, a series a while back on the fundamental principles on the quality management, right? right? And it blew folks' mind how so much of this is soft skills. Yes. What do you think about this, this soft skills gap in the management world we live and breathe in? Yeah, I think, I think that that's correct. Um, you know, having some of those, that soft skills there, it, it, it it's definitely there. Uh, you know, um, I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen managers that have that, 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 that all the technical experience, uh, you know, been doing it by the book for so long. Um, and then you have a creative mind that comes in that doesn't know, you know, is isn't up to that level but can yeah. see things in a different way mm -hmm. um, and how do you yeah. get the two to communicate to each other where they're not at odds with one another well that's the thing that's where that's where uh managing understanding different uh, uh different people's capabilities their strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. okay um and identifying how you can bridge that gap. Yep. My approach, and I've always used this as, as approach, um, empathy and, um, you know, pushing them to understand that, you know, being a servant leader to them, right. Yeah. Giving them the tools that they need to be able to do it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, communicate, yep. you know, work together. Right. <clears throat> And being there, allowing them to do that. A lot of, yep. a lot of environments, they it's it's not practiced as much. Yeah. Being that 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 you know, uh, in that way, no, that serving leadership. And that is a tough one for a lot of folks to wrap their head around. And again, I'm, I see so many people take it to an extreme, and it's like, okay, well, I'm the boss. I'm going to tell you what to do. This what you do. On the other hand. If you push it too far to the extreme, you get the manager that's the pushover right. and is never really effective at doing anything. And that is a tough, tough balance to strike. That um, I have overcame that um, 
again, what helped me is going to different countries, meeting different people, talking to people from different cultures and yep. understanding how even different levels, auditing, for example, helped yep. me do that because you're talking to executive and management team, yet mm -hmm. you're speaking to guys on the shop floor. You, it's um, not the same conversation. It's, it's definitely it not the same totally, Your body language has to be different. Your yep. tone is different. How, yep. the, everything has to change. You have to respond to who you're talking right. to. And, and you have to, 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 and being, working there, getting your, your hands dirty first and, and, and doing that allows you to understand that nature yep. and aspect of it. Um, you know, you probably know. the best thing that helped me there and folks listening to this are probably going to laugh. Um, but I worked for Best Buy for a few years, going to college. It was great. I could kind of set my schedule. I was a uh, geek squad supervisor, right? right? But it let me set my schedule and whatnot. Um, but the, what helped me the most is they would force us to do these goofy role plays. And the manager at this store really, truly believed in them. Now, I didn't respect what she was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. In hindsight, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this was fantastic. And we would have, you know, hours a week where we're doing role plays. And if there was any downtime in our department, um, we were cleaning and role playing. And that was what we did. And she'd set up all these weird, crazy scenarios. And, you know, we'd have to go through it. But it forced you to, to put your head in the position of the, and again, I know we're talking about retail sales, but these skills right. translate. You know, you have to put on the persona of a certain customer with a certain budget, with certain needs and certain family and all this type of stuff. And then the other person has no idea the phony persona you were just given. And they've got to try to extract it out of you. And, of course, we'd be fun with it and be difficult, but it helps you learn. Yeah. And as silly as it is, that was huge for me. And, heck, I've started doing that with my uh, kids at home. Um you know, my 13-year-old, my he, he can butt heads with my wife pretty good sometimes. And so I'll be like, all right, stop. Let's detach. And I'll be like, all right, buddy, I'm your mama. All right? So I'm going to respond like mama would respond. And, and, and I'm going to correct you when you mess up. Right. <laughs> and yeah. it, it works similar in the workplace. I've done that with audits as well. You know, getting companies ready for an audit. Yeah. I mean, you know, definitely the, 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 the servant leadership uh, approach again worked for me. Mm -hmm. uh, that's another skill set that I think uh, needs to kind of improve on is how to understand people mm -hmm. um, before you manage them. Right? Yeah. Let's understand your people now. Pe some Tough. some would say, "Hey, that's the that's our culture. That that's what, where we define what our culture is." But if you go into mm -hmm. companies and you read their culture, you know. Their, their culture statement. Not everyone's going to fit that very well. It's yeah. And you can't have too many of the same type minded people either. Right. You know, we're, we're getting ready to make another hire here. We've, we've not made the decision to move forward yet, but we, we know with the workload as it's going, that we've got to hire someone soon, or we're all going to be working more hours than we want to work. Right. And that's, that's part of our, our thing here is that I want to, I don't want people to regularly have to work more than 45, 50 hours a week. Now, it doesn't right. mean stuff happens. You work a long week. It happens. We know. Um, but that doesn't, I don't want that to be a part of what we're doing here. So we're trying to find someone new. And so I've been talking to Darcy and a couple other members of the team and about, you know, who are we going to hire? What are they going to do? And, and that's the first question everyone asks. Well, what's your job going to be? And I'm like, well, I really don't know. You're like, what? I'm like, well, and the way we do it is we have an org chart 
And so we've got all the positions that I know eventually the company is going to need as we grow. But what it means right now is you might have three of those job descriptions. Right. Right. And one might be 50 percent of your time. Another one's 10 and another one's whatever. Right. Um, and so whoever this next hire is and the team's understanding of it, they're like, we know this is going to shuffle all of our duties and responsibilities. But we're kind of like, well, we got to see what this new person's good at. Before right. we, we pigeonhole them somewhere. You assess their competency and and, yep. and and utilize their strengths, right? Um, you utilize their strengths to help the others in, in, in your in your areas of, or the organization that's weak in those areas. Yeah. And you try to match them up with, with, with them as much as possible where they can pull and help each other along, yep. right? Yep. Um, a lot of a lot of managers, they don't understand that concept. No. You know, they don't, they don't, you know, understand how that actually works but it does um you know the, the mentality of your 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 team it mm -hmm. plays a drastic role on the direction of the organization it does i mean it, it absolutely absolutely does and i'm not saying that this is the best approach for everyone right but we're a small team we have a fairly narrow range of services that we perform right so in that sense, you know, it, it works out well. But if, on the other hand, we, we had a, you know, a whole other branch and division over here that did something completely different. Okay, this wouldn't work for picking someone over there. But it's a great solution for finding someone within a team. And you're right about the servant leadership part is I can't just put them in there and say, do the job. I mean, we have, my gosh, on a daily basis, I, I think even in the time that we're, we've had on, on here for the podcast, I've had someone message me on Teams four times. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, uh, implementing certain things, you know, like a EOS system, uh, you mm -hmm. know, level 10 meetings, for example, uh, not a lot yeah. of people. And I was shocked that a lot, not a lot of people understand a level 10 meeting and, and mm -hmm. benefits of a level 10 meeting, um, you know, and, and laying out your, your, um, your goals, right? Um, yeah. Your, your three year, five well, year we do something a little different here. What we have is what we call our uh, weekly set and met. Mm -hmm. And so I have them fill out a, a, a little uh, Microsoft form every week. And honestly, we don't spend too much time going through the data. They fill out the form. I like to look at it for two things. We've got some very basic questions on there. What was the high point of your week? Most low mm -hmm. point of your week? Most of the time they put work-related stuff on there. Sometimes they don't. Like, right. well, okay, cool. I know what's going on with this person. And, and they feel comfortable letting me know about it. That's fantastic. Um, and I'll ask them, what was your stress level, you know, from a one to five, one being not enough, five being too much. Um, what was your workload? Same thing. One, not enough, five being too much. And I want to try to keep folks in about that three to four range, you know, one of them hit the five too much, but then I can look at it and kind of trend it and be like, Oh, I really am. I'm kind of stressing the crap out of these folks here. Right. But it only takes 10 minutes of my time to, to go through and review it. But I get so right. much more out of it. And then we have a, a weekly 30-minute meeting. And honestly, it's rarely even 30 minutes of, okay, cool. So what are your goals for this week? Great. Well, I see this was your goal last week. Did you get that accomplished? Did you finish it? Did you need help with it? Did you get help with it if you had a problem? Right. And we can move on. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, EOS is, it's like I said, the level 10, it's, it's more direct. Mm -hmm. Great impact. Only yep. focused on negatives. Yep. You know, um, 
and it kind of addresses a lot of you know cuts your meeting time down drastically yeah mm-hmm. uh, uh, another example i've been at a, an organization and their meetings was two hours long twice oh a week. my gosh you know uh, there was literally guys falling asleep there yeah uh, where we cut that down to i think 15 or 20 minutes and we actually yeah. got more accomplished yeah any more than that and you're going to start getting into the weeds on details that aren't pertinent for the purpose of that meeting right so yeah. no but, there's uh, we could probably go on for another couple hours here and i'm probably gonna have you back on talk about some of these 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 topics but for time's sake we've probably got to end it here so any final uh thoughts or ideas you want to leave folks with about from education quality management which they're all linked by the way <laughs> i think it's um always keep an open mind um you know a different perspective on things um where everyone you know the crowd may seem to sh- shy away from doing more yeah embrace it yep because it only helps you later on understand the the whole process amen um, you know and also you know look look at your alternatives um you know uh, look at your alternatives before jumping in and, and doing a mm-hmm. college program unless you're definitely sure this is yeah. what you want to do yep you know step back and 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 get some get your feet wet Taking a year or two of your life to to work a job with an open and keen eye yeah. could save you a hundred thousand dollars in 10 years of wasted time yep it's worth it definitely it's worth it and hopefully you can keep making some progress and we can share some uh actual details with folks not these goofy teasers we're doing right now um but i'm really excited about the stuff you're working on because i think it's going to be fantastic for filling these gaps between the you know the technical skills the soft skills and real world application yes and you know i i think that's fantastic so um definitely once we get something uh firm and this goofy teaser we're gonna have you back on to talk about it and let folks know what they can do to to get in advance in their career and their life great all right awesome man i appreciate your time you take care yes sir thank you thank you all right everyone if you have not already make sure you subscribe to the quality matters podcast we are streaming on youtube rumble um audible you name it we're putting it out there everywhere we believe in quality and quality management and what it can do in your work your home your life community as a whole when we attack things in a dedicated processed manner The world can change, and it starts with you and your workplace and your home life. If you need help with anything around this uh, topic, be sure to contact us. You can contact me directly. Um, You can find me on LinkedIn. All the information is going to be below. I'd love to talk with you, see what we can do about helping your organization streamline and uh, better manage some of these processes. So we look forward to hearing from you soon. Again, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast if you value what we do. Y'all take care.